Alright, welcome back to another issue of X-Men on... <laughs> X-Men, I read the shit. <laughs> Alright, welcome back to another issue of Uncanny Rewind. Here we are. Man, we hit double digits today. What number is it? It's one zero. One ten. zero. We did nine God. yesterday. Or, not yesterday. <laughs> Dude, I'm all over the map it's today. It's all good. Uh, we did nine last week, and today is ten. I'm feeling ecstatic. I don't know what it is. I don't know what issue ten is. Yeah. I have zero idea. No cover. What we read last time, like Avengers stuff. X-Men. We did last time. It was X Men versus Avengers mm-hmm. versus Lucifer. You think you could do a quick recap? You remember? Yeah, it was kind of crazy, right? Um, essentially, um. Professor X goes to Europe um, and, you know, we're catching up with Professor X's story because, you know, uh, the interim leader has been uh, Scott Summers, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, essentially don't come here, you know, let me handle this. But they end up going there because it is a massive threat and they want to find out where, where Professor X is. So... And knowing that, the Avengers also get hold of this knowledge of the threat, mm-hmm. right? Somehow They're, Thor's hammer is, like, directing them exactly. to, uh, to this threat. Which is a pretty cool concept. I didn't know the hammer spoke towards danger, hmm. right? Yeah, that's cool. So, long story short, or long issue short, the X-Men are like, we are here to, you know, handle this um, scenario. And... The Avengers, being the Avengers, are like, no, we don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. We're going to handle this. Yep. So they squabble a bit. They squabble a bit. And long story short, again, Professor X um, interferes with the squabbling, mm-hmm. talks directly to Thor, says, listen, I got this. And Thor's, you know, he explains this entire situation to Thor. And Thor's just like, okay. I, I believe you, especially since you're speaking to my mind. Yeah, yeah. He thought he was an Asgardian, and then he was like, "Oh no, you're you're not. You're Professor X." Right. That was cool. So you know, the fighting dismantles. Mm-hmm. The X Men head down to the to the cave pretty easily, right to the lair yeah, of yeah. Uh, Lucifer, who is the threat. We find out. Oh, Lucifer, who has Professor X trapped is the threat that both of them were headed towards the x or the uh the avengers took off they were like all right well professor x says they need to deal with it they're, they're gonna deal with it we're gonna go right they essentially handle lucifer um professor x just wins right mm-hmm. yeah uh lucifer had like this bomb right he's gonna like set off this bomb but it was like a it had like the what do you call it when when it's like if I die, it will set it off. Dead yeah. man switch or something yeah, like something that. Yeah. Like that. So he had that. All right. Cool. So uh, Professor X, yeah, worked really hard to you know he infiltrated Lucifer's mind. You know, pretty much stopped him. And then wait, hold on. Dead man switch, right? And then you know Cyclops and Professor X work really hard together to uh, dismantle the bomb, and the X Men win the day. Yeah, I don't really remember how this issue ended, though. You oh, know, well, like... Lucifer was like, you're just gonna let me go? And 
Professor X is just like, yeah, because we are the X-Men and we mm. do not hurt. Yeah. Or inflict pain. Yeah, that's true. And then they kind of just head back to... Home. Head back home. Wherever yeah, home yeah, they let him go and then they just head back home. Dude, I have no idea what issue 10 is going to look like. Not a clue. I don't even... I can't even expect it to uh, continue this storyline. I don't know... I don't know how they're going to how they're going to do that like what what line it could follow right yeah yeah i'm yeah. on the same page let's take a look i'm going to pull up uh the cover of issue 10 and we'll kind of discuss it sure wow oh god who? kazar who i know kazar idea. kazar i've always said kazar but maybe I'm it's saying, kazar i'm saying kazar you know who this is not a clue tarzan kazar was like one of the yeah he's basically tarzan yeah. okay um, like a mix between like Tarzan, Conan, uh, He-Man, you yeah. know, like just one brute. of those like blonde brute. Yeah. Like a, a jungle person, yeah. you know, I mean, literally it says Lord of the jungle, right? Right. Um, George of the jungle. You remember that movie? Yeah. I, you know, who, who <laughs> plays the main lead in that? Isn't it Brennan Fraser? I could be wrong. Br- yeah. Yo, a lot of people have been vouching for him recently, but. He's yeah. in Doom Patrol. You watch that at all? No. I think you'd like Doom Patrol, to be honest. I'm going to. It's like, it's, I mean, Doom Patrol, it's a Grant Morrison, uh, uh, okay. Vertigo, you know, like you like a- Animal Man and, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So I feel like you would like Doom Patrol. Okay. I, I do re- recommend it. It's been pretty good. It's on HBO Max. Okay. On the list. Yeah. On the list. No sponsor, but <laughs> just, just so you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know much about Kazar. I'm gonna say Kazar. Sorry if that's wrong. Kazar's fine. Um, I don't know much about him outside of I know when he was first created, he did really well for Marvel. Like okay. he was a really well-selling character. Um, but on the cover here, it there's a blue bubble that's Kazar that says Kazar, unquestionably the most spectacular new character of the year. Who's what so, you said? Yep. He may be new here, and to get him to kind of sell a little bit more, you know, you introduce him to, or you have him guest star in uh, other issues, in other yeah series. other comics yeah, um, exactly. I mean, you got to think about it. X Men was only nine issues in, yeah. and they had the Avengers come in, yeah, right. Why Namor? Probably Namor. Exactly. Probably to sell the comic a little bit more. Because uh-huh. it's only this is now the tenth issue, so I don't know. We uh, have a cover here. It's the blonde brute guy uh, jumping off a pile of rocks. His, this is presumably Kazar. I know that it is, but uh, it's Kazar here. We have Iceman in the back lunging an ice boulder. I was looking for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got Angel flying up high. Cyclops blasting his optic beam towards Kazar while he's jumping off the rocks. Kazar's jumping off the rocks. Onto, it looks like he's going to jump onto the beast. Yeah, that would be, I'm, I'm excited for that encounter whenever it comes. Because, you know, we get these little versus moments, right? Yeah. So I assume that's going to be one Kazar versus beast. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, undoubtedly, there, there will be... They'll fight against each other. Something will happen, and maybe they'll fight uh, something else. Yeah, like that. That's just how like these team ups work, right? Yeah. As far as I'm aware, Kazar is not a uh, bad person, right? Yeah. He's like a good character. Then in the bottom left, we have like a 
a picture in picture and it says thrill zabu the uh saber tooth oh wait hold on what does it say is that thrill two it says yeah is I that mean, supposed to be one word thrill I mean, two you could read this like manga if you wanted uh thrill two zabu the saber tooth yeah i don't know i don't, I don't know. know maybe that was a sticker that you could rip off i kind of have something. a feeling there's going to be like a a, a little backstory okay. going on with the zabu character okay but all right um i don't i don't want to change anyone's opinions but i don't think i'm really entirely interested in who kazar is <laughs> um i've never been into those like barbarian uh jungle characters right you know like i have zero interest in conan uh this guy but we'll see i don't know maybe maybe he'll impress me i kind of hope he does who did the tarzan soundtrack again it's phil Tar- collins phil collins yeah with the big drums slaps yes you know what that that soundtrack is really good yeah i do like the tarzan cartoon cartoon movie that's there was a show that went with it too, because you know. I do vaguely remember the show. Yeah, the show was good as well. But, All right, we'll see uh, how it goes here. Uh, I can't believe we're ten issues in. No, I'm stoked. I'm so happy. I'm already excited for what the next issue is. I don't even know. We got to get into this Kazar. <laughs> yeah, first yeah. we got to get into Kazar. So issue ten, this uncanny rewind. We're gonna take a break. We do recommend you read uh, along with us. We're reading it on Marvel Unlimited um that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of these probably otherwise the either marvel masterworks the epic collections or the uh x-men omnibus but marvel unlimited has all of these issues that we're reading so we're gonna take a break we're gonna read it we'll come back and introduce you to kazar lord of the jungle uh I can't lie. I did enjoy it. That was great. <laughs> I did enjoy great. it a lot. Uh, it felt like it had a really consistent story the entire time. Mm-hmm. Not too many hijinks or... Yeah, and not too many... It wasn't convoluted. It was like, we got this character. This is what's going on. That's it. Right? right. Like It didn't feel like so many things were happening at the same time, which sometimes happens with these issues. Sometimes it just feels like you have so many characters trying to do so many different things. So first and foremost, I did notice at the top here, so the title of the issue is The Coming of Kesar. Uh, it says pronounced. It shows you exactly how to pronounce oh, it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, okay. so not Kazar. Uh, it's Kesar. Wow. Like K-A-Y-S-A-R. Kesar. I'm going to say Kesar, Kesar. I'm probably going to say either one. Yeah. But that's what it is, featuring a fascinating journey to the world that time forgot. I'm not going to lie, when I read that, I got excited. Uh, That's such a good tagline, the world that time forgot. Yeah. I was interested in what was going on. Let's talk about this opening page that we've been talking about right now, but maybe it's just a creative thing, or maybe these characters were supposed to kind of look a little bit bigger than they are, but don't. Gene and Cyclops just look absolutely they look, tiny. They look like ants. Just They're like on the bottom of the page. We got Beast, Iceman, Angel, and Kazar, and uh, Zabu in the back. But it looks like Kazar and Zabu are in the middle, mm-hmm. like between all of them. And they just look tiny. Like Cyclops is literally the size of Zabu's head. I mean, even if you... <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, uh, even if you um, you know, consider perspective, like like Iceman and Beast look kind of okay, but yeah, like to be so far forward, like Jean Grey and yeah, they just look like I, three I think feet it's tall. just a I think it's just an issue with like they, that's just how they were drawn. Yeah. They, they didn't mean to oversize Kesar or Zabu. They were just. They just tried to fit them into the into the image, and right. that's how they ended up. So, we open up uh, the page with the well, something we love seeing every issue is training, basically Let's training go. montage. Um, they talk about how it's postgraduate studies. Um, we see all of them kind of doing little things. I like that they don't spend a lot of time now. It's really just two, three panels um, showing before. off, yeah. As, like before we get you know you say two three panels sometimes it could be two three pages yeah exactly you know? and it just it's just really just used as filler um but we see jean gray here taking apart a rifle they're all proud of her for what she's able to do i love this dialogue between cyclops and jean gray even though all, half of the conversation takes place in their minds <laughs> yeah talking in their head talking about well you know you're you're breathless Jean Grey in his head and she's like well you'll never think of me as anything more than Marvel Girl yeah they both clearly like each other yeah uh, even Cyclops is like oh I gotta change the subject because <laughs> he's like he goes when when she stands this close to me I forget everything but my desire to reach out to embrace her Come on, you guys got to do something. Like, there, that's so much tension. Got to see like, something. Yeah. It's gotta, I mean, figure it out. So they're trying to figure out where uh, where Angel is because he's not part of training. Um, and they go into his room and he's watching a news. Uh, what would you call it? A, it's like an emergency. Bro- well, it's a broadcast. Yeah, yeah like it's a, a special bulletin. Yeah, yeah, like a news broadcast. Um, about this expedition that happened in antarctica and one of the uh one of the party members had been missing and a character showed up with his saber two tiger dropped him off but they started attacking him the way they portray this entire page mm-hmm. uh, well you know the telebroadcast right yeah i love you know this these hues of blue um and yeah, they're kind of kind of grayscaled out, but in a like blue scaled, right? right? So it's like that's awesome. It's just all like different shades of blue. It and doesn't then look the good. action they're really portraying here is ridiculous. Um, you know, I'm thinking now though, I don't think they had color TVs back then, so I bet this is a way for them to portray like black and white TV. Bro, did they have color? T- we're, we're, we're 60, we? 64, 65, maybe. Huh. It's probably like Brady Bunch time, right? Yeah, I That's don't think crazy. it was color, though. I think Brady Bunch was like one of the first ones to come out like be color, I think. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, But it feels like around that time. But um, they're watching they're watching the Sabretooth and, and this Kazar guy just like attack them. Like attack the expedition group. But it's... It's because they attacked first, right? Like yeah. it's because they were, they weren't sure sure who this person was, so they and they knew that one of the party members was 
uh, was missing, so they attack. And I love that uh, they decide, the X-Men decide, he must be a mutant solely because he's just not wearing enough clothes in Antarctica. That is a, a fire, you know, line of thought. Like, oh, just a, a naked dude, pretty much naked dude in, in the Arctic? It's gotta be. He's not regular. And Beast says that. Oh, he's he must be a mutant. I'm like Beast. Aren't you smarter than that? But so then they run to the uh, Professor X's office and they're like, "Look, like we just saw something crazy on TV. There's another mutant. We have to go save him." And he's like, "Nope. He's uh, actually not a mutant. If he were, my Cerebro machine would have would have noticed him. I would have noticed him. But which is crazy because." I'm still kind of lost on how you delineate a mutant from a non-mutant. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think they have a whole lot of description in it yet right now. Right. right. As of right now, it's just we don't know. We don't know what makes them different. Just one of them, a mutant, is a mutant. Humans are just Homo sapiens. Right. Right. But they're all really wanting to go out and figure out what's going on because they haven't been on a mission in weeks and they're tired like they're tired or rather bored they want to do something yeah to which uh professor x notices and he uh promptly says yo you can you can go out and see what's up let's go figure out what's going on yeah he's like all right go ahead and check out the antarctic wild man is what they're calling him right now so they're all really excited Especially, can we talk about this panel? Uh, the <laughs> yeah. third panel. Uh, this one here? Iceman and Beast. Yeah. The way they are drawn. Oh, well. Uh, Which one are you talking the about? The third one. Oh, this one here. Yeah. Okay, got Iceman it. <laughs> looking like a Roblox character. And Beast, I've never seen him that ecstatic. Uh, Beast, don't tell me why. Uh, do you remember... Uh, uh, what the heck's the name of it? The, are you going to say, like, the, the flea or something? No, you, but I can see what you're saying. Uh, the tick? The tick. Yeah, I can I, see the I tick I think here. that's what you're... Yeah. Oh, well, that's where I was. He looks crazy here. Yeah. He, he looks Nicktoon-esque. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they look fun, funny. Uh, even Warren Worthington III with his, you know, golden smile. He just yeah. has this, like... Rich boy, gold per- smile. Pearly whites. Come on. But, all right, so they're all excited. I mean, they are already in their uniforms. They're ready to go. Angel's got his wings out, and they're taking off. But Cyclops stays behind, and he's standing there with with Professor X, and Professor X is telling him, look, although I don't have any mutants in that area, like as I'm showing you right now, I think there may be some type of danger. I'm not sure. But there, there may be. Um, and Cyclops is like, all right, well, you're not coming with us? And he says, no, you have all completed your training. So you, my work is here. You guys do your thing. Cyclops is like, all right, well, we're not going not gonna to disappoint you. Yeah, transport to them in the Arctic and having landed. There was a prearranged base, and now they're moving to find the guy who's only worn a, uh, a loincloth. And they come across a crevice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you know what a crevice is, it's just a giant ice gap. They're pretty, like, you know, deep. And 
are known for the most recorded deaths. Um, that's just a little fun fact. But yeah, they come across a. <laughs> that's a, a good cre- fact. Yeah. Yeah. Like across, you know, Swiss Alps and all that. There's like mad crevices. Anyways, they see this crevice and they're just like, "Yo, this is probably where he retreated to." This wild loincloth man. But they're but also at the same time they're like, "But that that can't be possible, right?" Mm-hmm. Like. If anyone was to have fallen down this crevice, they would have just died. Right. Like, you can't survive that. Yeah, so with that thought in mind, they're like, okay, well, let's see what happens if, you know, we shoot this optic blast into the crevice. I thought that was kind of bold of, of Cyclops to just be like, well, let me see how far down I can I can blast my ray, like my power ray. It's not very smart, I'm like, man. dude... You're going to, like, blow something up. Something crazy is going to happen. They're all going to fall. Yeah. I, I thought that was that was kind of a bold move. But it kind of worked out for them because it opened up, like, this cave entrance. Yeah. They call it a hidden tunnel. Ice guys, uh, snow geyser shoots up. Cave entrance opens up. And they end up descending, walking through these caves. The caves lead to a giant opening. And we're looking on page six where... They, as they venture through, there's bones of giant monsters, they mm-hmm. want to call them, and the skeletons, the remains, right? Well, they're and they're shocked because they're the wrong size, they say. They're like, these bones, we see them, but they're the wrong size. These are like the skeletons of monsters, like giant beings. How mm-hmm. is that possible? But then they get out of the cave and are immediately attacked by terror. Uh, pterodactyls i was like that p really got me for a second uh <laughs> attacked by pterodoc- pterodactyls and they were like they were i mean how how could you react to something like this yeah you go through a cave and all of a sudden a dinosaur is attacking you i mean even on his first page logic has got me in a in a turn right you're t- you're getting attacked by pterodactyls just just me you know Looking at, I'm like, where's the light coming from? Mm-hmm. You're in a giant cave system under yeah. underground. But who cares, I guess. Uh, yeah, these things are massive and they're snapping at, namely, Angel. He's flying around. And I wonder if it's because he is flying around. He yeah. kind of just looks like, you know. Like another threat or something. Yeah, or yeah, like a small bird for them to eat. True. But Cyclops starts blasting at him. Pretty reckless with with his uh optic beams <laughs> this issue just kind of oh i'm gonna attack anything and everything um they're freaking out about where they are they don't know where they are the overgrowth of uh you know fauna and flora right mm-hmm. it was at this page and we're only seven pages in but it was at this page that i really was just blown away by the art yeah seeing seeing this giant spread right here and it's the middle panel but seeing it and seeing the dinosaurs um the the x-men walking across this giant rock the trees it just it's just gorgeous it's just so well drawn it gives a a dynamic feel right because look they're 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 spread across that giant rock perch thing right Mm -hmm. and it shows movement right and then in the next panel it shows even more movement with them running across the plane with these pygmy horses of of a sort right yeah and they are lost and and bewildered and it it leads us to be lost and bewildered right Mm -hmm. and it gives us a sense of adventure which i don't know if we've 
had so frequently? I want to say probably the most adventurous would be Asteroid M, right? Going out in space. Yeah. That'd be the most adventurous. But this is now the introduction to, you know, the world that time forgot. Literally, it is prehistoric. Right. We see... We see Beast, and I love him being smart here, talking about the vegetation and animal life having ceased to exist years and years ago, right? He knows that this isn't what it should be. Angel's scouting around. He's flying around, taking a look at, at what's going on. They're still they're just walking through this world. There's, there's nothing really that they're doing in particular. They're just kind of walking through. They see these small horses that look like the size of dogs. I thought that was cool. Right. I'm assuming that just about everything in this issue is maybe based off history, like historical, um, like, oh, I, I don't know, do horses, baby, or horses that are the size of dogs, was that like a thing back in the yeah. day? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to look into that though, because that sounds I know awesome. miniature ponies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's that's what they're <laughs> that's what they're freaking out about. But then uh they see who is it? It's Marvel Girl sees something coming towards them. And yeah, you get these commando esque people riding, you know, uh prehistoric chocobos, right? And Yeah, those look wild too. Those things <laughs> are awesome. Like those <laughs> things are awesome. And they're all gray. They're like two-legged, you know, bipedal, no arms, maybe, I guess, wings, maybe. And then like a giant head, face head thing. Just gnarly looking. Yeah, deep. they do look intense. Um, Yeah. And they're swinging their, uh, what do they call those? Like the bolas or whatever? I don't, I don't remember what they're called. Yeah, I don't remember. They think they're rocks at first, but then Cyclops is like, "No, no, no! They're just crude missiles." This is this that is ridiculous. Like, how'd you so, identify that so fast? Yeah, filled with volcanic volcanic <laughs> Come gases, on, man. huh? <laughs> it knocks them all out. They all fall asleep except for Beast. Somehow, like, jumps out of the way and attacks them. Attacks the uh, Marauders is what they call them. Right. Yeah, these dudes are gnarly because. Beast is being agile, jumping around, and they're shooting arrows at him, but not just like one arrow at a time. Like they mm-hmm. have this arrow launcher, handheld arrow launcher, and it but it clearly- has like multiple arrows on it. And that's the crazy part is like these characters seem. I mean, this is like prehistoric times, but they seem kind of advanced as far as uh, weaponry and just kind of usage in general. Right. So yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, they had volcanic gases grenades captured like, in a, in a, in a, a, in a rock ball crazy and then they have these bow and arrows but they shoot four arrows at a singular time like that's crazy too so somehow they have some type of some type of understanding of of technology in any in a any certain way yeah they they are shooting at a beast and they you know, manage after I've knocked out, having knocked out the X Men. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, okay, we're gonna grab the girl. It's like a pretty like you know sinister like first thing you do. You go always grab the girl. Well, I also I brought it up a few issues ago, and I still don't know the word. Um, but like, you know, Marvel Girl is probably the strongest out of everyone, having right. the ability to use her mind. Right. Like they knock her out early in the issue, so that it's easier 
to not just have her be OP during the issue. Right. There's a term for that. I know that there is. So she's knocked out. They take her. They steal her. But I also think you're absolutely right in that, oh, it's the girl. Let's capture her. Yeah. Who knows what's up with that. They, but, they could have really went for anyone. Yeah. But, uh, nonetheless, they, they flee, right? And they flee to the swamp. But in the swamp, they are being pursued themselves by mm-hmm. this saber-toothed tiger. And this is where we see the first real appearance of Kazar and Zabu. Right. Kazar gets called calls Zabu back. He's like, No, you die in the swamp. Yeah, don't go in the swamp. That like swamp leads to death. You know, get, stay out. We'll we'll find them later. So Kazar introduces himself to the X Men. Um Sorta. <laughs> sort of. He says, I am Kazar. And B says, Well, whatever you call yourself, nature boy, I'm indebted to you because he basically drove them away, but also at the same time, they have to go find Marvel Girl. So then Cyclops and, and the team are continuing to talk, and he just says again, <laughs> I am Kazar. And I almost thought this was going to be like a I am Groot type situation. Right. Like that's all he was able to say. But they bring it up. They're like, why is he talking like he's a broken record? <laughs> Because you're just throwing words at him. That's why. I think if anyone threw words at me and, and the you know, slosh vomit that the beast does, mm-hmm. particularly, I'd be like, okay. I think this is like Hazar's version of okay. Yeah, yeah, right? that's true. Um, so then uh, the beast like grabs onto Kazar and it's like, no, thank you. Like, we appreciate your help and also mentions what an, a remarkable pair of biceps you've got come on and and kazar does not He's like, like ah, 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 ah. no touch no touch <laughs> uh so he's you know apprehensive he doesn't know who the x-men are he's not trying to be friendly with them he's just kind of like look i don't know who you are he's not saying any of this because he doesn't speak English that way, but he's like, I don't know who any of you are. He calls Zabu, the saber-toothed tiger, onto Beast, and Cyclops has to say, like, Beast, well, be careful. So Beast jumps out of the way. Zabu is attacking. And Kazar kind of tells us a little bit. He's like, yeah, many moons ago, so like a long time ago, other men on the surface attacked Kazar, you know, himself. Mm-hmm. So I fled down here, and I'll never leave this place right. this is this is the only place i'm safe so that's well, kind of a nice little little backstory there even in that he he mentions how he fled and he'll never flee elsewhere mm-hmm. right like he'll never be forced into a corner to fly i think this is you know like oh i see he ran saying. away from these people yep i think you're totally right that told like that kind of you know made a little mark on him right yeah yeah, yeah. um Iceman takes over uh zabu he like blows some ice on him and uh kazar just immediately smashes the ice with a rock and he also refers to kazar as his blood brother that's awesome so i enjoyed that there's some type of connection there deep bond um i'm also interested well we'll discuss it a little bit later yeah but kazar is just like okay well if i'm if you're going to attack Zabu, 
then you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he's basically <laughs> like I'm going to I'm you attack me, I'm going to attack you. Um and it's, it's clearly a language barrier because now Cyclops is like, "Look, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hurt you. We have to find Marvel Girl. We don't want to get rough with you. Please don't force us to be that way." But Kazar doesn't know what's going on. As far as he knows, he's being attacked. Um and he grabs this is a great panel right here it's the uh, i think it's the second yeah second panel on page 11 mm-hmm. is grabbing onto cyclops's head like almost like incredibly forcefully has his hand over his uh under his visor because he knows that the visor is creating some type of beam or whatever he, i'm sure he doesn't actually know what's going on but he knows where it's coming from, so he holds on to it. Beast grabs onto Kazar. Iceman, I mean, this is this one panel is so much action, action right here. Packed, yeah. Iceman is throwing ice cubes, blocks, rocks <laughs> uh, at Zabu. Um, Beast goes, this is like trying to restrain a tornado just to show how forceful yeah. and strong. And, you know, the Beast is, again, a mutant. Mm-hmm. But this guy is, you know, ridiculously strong. Yeah. But then, right after that, we get uh, another thundering war cry is heard. And it's this kind of Neanderthal-looking character with, you know, a caveman, literally. Yeah. Um, shouts, oh, Kazar's smooth-skinned weakling. <laughs> that made me feel real, like... Yeah, smooth-skinned. Don't skin. call me that. Yeah, don't, don't call me that. And he tells him, I'm going to crush Kazar. And Kazar calls him Magor, which Magor the Killer, last of man-ape tribe. So this is presumably like the last of the Neanderthal yeah. characters, right? Or like right before Neanderthal, whatever that one is, man-ape. Where right. it's like They introduce this guy who is, a, well, character who is seemingly a villain, right? In the world of Kazar. Yeah. And they get to tussling immediately. Oh, and they start fighting, so Kazar's like, oh, I don't fear anything. I don't fear no one. And Kazar really is taking out this guy, Magor. He puts it on him. Um, like, immediately. He's, he's down. Everyone's everyone's blown away by how fast he's able to move, how fast he's able to take this guy down. He steals his club, his wooden club, and someone we we don't see who it is because it's just a uh, a speech bubble right. like off the panel and it says why are we watching them fight why don't we search for <laughs> search for gene uh i want to say this is probably Iceman speaking because that's like just a i don't know ice man matter thing to say. of fact right and then it's either beast or cyclops probably cyclops saying we can't we can't without his help we've got to wait and enlist him as an ally right because he clearly knows, knows the lay of the land. Yeah. Um, Kazar chucks the chucks the club as if it's like a stick, and the guy goes chasing for it. Magor goes chasing for it, and that's it. That was that was their little tussle that they did, and there we go. It um, served as a pretty adequate distraction from wanting to fight the X Men. Yeah. Exactly. He would have uh, probably handled that in, in layman's terms. Um, I love this. I love this thing that uh, Kazar and 
and Zabu do. Kazar's yelling loud and everyone behind him, the X-Men, Cyclops, Beast, they're like covering their ears because it's just piercing. And he's shouting, stronger than Mastodon, stronger than giant boar, mighty as Kazar, lord of jungle. I don't know. I just loved that. I no, thought it was awesome. It's fire and no spoiler, but that roar is awesome. Yeah, it does it's look really awesome. good. Kazar, he's like, they're like, listen, Kazar, you've got to help us, mm-hmm. our partner. Where have they taken her? Yeah. And he goes, Swamp Men, my enemies. Um, so Kazar is like, okay, well, I'll help. Yep. Enemy friend of, of my, my enemies is my friend, right? Exactly. Or enemy. No, no, not friend of my enemies. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. Right? That's what the saying is? I don't know. So we get to another, you know, running across the lands uh, panel. Mm -hmm. And again, that, you know, conveying that movement, just awesome. Yeah. And they they say, like, Kazar moves crazy. He's fast. He's agile. It's not regular. A lot of endurance. Yeah. So they're all... They're all shocked and and in awe about how he's able to move and just his his physical stature. We catch back up with Angel now because he's been gone this whole time. Remember, right. he went on kind of a scouting scouting thing, and he's he's thinking to himself, "This is the strangest feeling I've ever known. I'm actually flying in a world that should have died a million years ago." And we see underneath him, he's flying in the sky. We see him some like rhinoceros and ant eater. Some other animals, maybe a hippopotamus, um, just kind of being in the world. And it's cool. We see him against this giant... Uh, Apache, Bronto, Solaris, long neck. Yeah, something like that. Thing. And he laments on the fact that none of, this, none of <laughs> them brought a camera. And I, I do love... You know, it's just like little, little comments, little uh, speech bubbles like this obviously don't add to the story but they add to how the characters are right and he basically says we could film a science fiction classic of all time down here and we wouldn't have to pay a cent to special effects just you know walking through a character's thoughts yeah in general whether they be thoughts or out loud mm-hmm. but unfortunately i think he was a little distracted uh by everything going on um he gets caught in a net and it's the uh, the same people. The I don't even know the Swamp Men is what they were called. Real quick, um, can we yeah. talk about how this main Swamp Man on the left? E- yeah, <laughs> look, looking tight, crazy, right? But yeah, also he's... looking like quasi Galactus. That's interesting. Yeah, he has like the the head uh, headdress, kind of looking. I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain. He's got like a whole head of hair. His eyes look just darted, just like off. And he kind of, they kind of do look, uh, the hills have eyes, uh, family, you know? Uh, if, if you look like this, you are still our friend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I assume you know, you're no, as strong as these guys. No hate. Yeah, you're, you're definitely as strong as these guys. Um, but they're taking angel now he's all netted up they're taking him and angel's worried because he's like i don't know how the other people are gonna you know the other guys are gonna find me now they get brought to their little city uh or angel gets brought to their little city where they have it's like bamboo sticks kind of surrounding the uh the outside like almost like a fence 
yeah, this ziggurat-esque uh, building in the front, pyramid-esque, ziggurat-esque. And yeah, this compound, you know, looks pretty primitive, right? Yeah, looks like it's in, in the heart of the swamp. But we get to a point where uh, Angel is thrown to the ground, but Gene is there. And now they're both now they're both together, which is probably the best option. Them both being together, they could figure it out. Dude, I did not notice. Um, okay, yeah, they all have headdresses on. This dude on the right, the lizard guy. What? Yeah, he like I took off that. some some like uh, some dinosaur head, and he's now he's wearing their head and claws. Look, he has one right claw. He's got the the lizard dinosaur feet. That's gnarly. No, this that is, is great art, man. Like this is really, really fantastic. It, it, if I had this as a poster, that'd be cool. You know, like oh, that's what's crazy is like a lot of these little panels would look awesome just on themselves. Yeah. You know, by themselves. I think a lot of it that I really have been enjoying recently is the inking, which I believe is Sheik Stone. He just has just this kind of thicker, yeah, thicker outline, and it's not necessarily more definitive, but just I don't know something about it. I just really enjoy. Right. Um. Their outfits kind of are a little Mayan looking, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. cer- certainly, like early civilization. Yeah, like a mashup of you know what we yeah like early civiliz- civilization and those cultures right mm-hmm. with the headdresses and the uh spirituality that comes with it because they're about to be what sacrifices right yeah yeah that's what gene says though they're gonna sacrifice us and they actually lead them up to the top of that strange pyramid we saw earlier and angel's telling gene like just use your telekinetic powers on the rope and like unravel them but she says they're covered with pitch I don't really know what pitch is, but I'm assuming it's some type of maybe like lacquer or something that that keeps it from just being regular rope. It's like glue or something like that. If you're an outdoorsy person and pitch is a thing, please tell us what it is. Yeah, because I have no idea. Um, But now they're on top of this pyramid. And here was an interesting panel. I don't know if you caught this. they're at the top of the pyramid. These doors open up, like two massive stone doors creak open. And Gene says, Scott, listen. Did you hear that roar from oh, from down there? That's an old. Oh, now, I, I wonder if this is a slip up of Stan Lee calling, like saying Scott, or if it's supposed to give us a sense of she's got Scott on her mind. You know, like a, what's it called? A Freudian slip? slip? Like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the former. I think this might just be a, a slip up. I think it is just a slip up, but I'm going to use it to my advantage of of their relationship. And she's just on. on like Scott saved me or yeah, exactly, Scott like, needs Scott. Right. But he doesn't say anything about it, which may lead more towards the fact that Stanley messed up. Right. Right. Uh, the fact that he's like, oh, just stand behind me. Let me face it first. Because it's just Angel and Jean Grey. It's, Scott's not there. So I thought that was interesting. And, and, this, and this giant Godzilla <laughs> y- green 
T-Rex uh, jumps out of of the doorway that was open. <laughs> Angel's trying to calm down Jean because she is not having it. She's actually like kind of losing her mind and Angel's like, no, 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 don't panic. Like we got a chance. We still have a chance. Like be, be cool. We're good. Like, we're the X-Men. Like we got to be cool. And share and exactly. We got to be calm. We can't let this affect us. And he tells her, look, they didn't have time to put pitch on my bond. So stop. Like you have to stop paying attention to the monster. Right. You have to help me get my, get my, uh, hands free yeah. so I can free you but she's numb with fear and that's fair um it is a T-Rex however I do feel as though they faced crazier threats at this point yeah I mean T-Rex is up there don't T-Rex get me wrong T-Rex is up there don't get me wrong well I think the thing about the T-Rex is that this should not be a thing that's happening right like at least with like the Vanisher or the Brotherhood or uh you know the blob like at the very least those are humans and like they exist this t-rex should not exist and on top of that the fear that like the very human innate in all of us fear of being eaten alive yeah that's true right I'm not, that's, that's that's yeah i i can't say i wouldn't be the same and even if i had you know telekinetic powers yeah but yeah gene gray's losing it and um Angel's trying to snap her back into uh, shape. She's like, he's like, hey, look, think of the others. Uh, we need to warn them. We can't just fall apart right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's cool. Uh, we jump back to the other the other X-Men with Kazar and, and Zabu. And they jump over. Uh, Kazar and Nab- uh, Zabu uh, jump over a tree, I guess, like a giant branch that's like broken in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Beast can jump that. He has this crazy agility. But he's worried about the other two. But then Iceman, boom, busts out his little his little bridge, which classic Iceman uh, imagery here. Mm-hmm. You know, him just kind of creating... The ice slide, the ice, ice slide. glide. Calls Beast Beastie Boy. thought that was kind of funny. Yo, you know, is that like some sort of allusion to the Beastie Boys? No? Oh, that's funny. I was Maybe. I was truly just thinking... Beast Boy. Aren't the Beastie Boys from New York? <laughs> I don't know I the answer to that, but no sleep till Brooklyn, I guess. So maybe it could be. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I have no idea. Are they from New York? Because if they're from New York, then that builds a bridge here. Hold right. on. Give me a second. I'm going to Google this. We're looking Beastie. to see. Look, Beastie I'm a hip hop guy, but I just boys. don't remember, honestly. It's important that we're looking it up. Yeah, New York City. Look see, at that. Look Formed at in that. 1981. X-Men, uh, the Beastie Boys. Yeah, I think the Beastie Boys got their name from Uncanny X-Men issue 10. It's canon. Canon, done. There, there's no way to uh, argue that with me. Exactly. So uh, they're on the ice slide, and they're trying to just get to Kazar, and he's just so fast. They're just moving moving way too fast. But they made it to the... Uh, the Swamp the city, Man the little, Compound. Yeah, Swamp Man Compound. And um, they're following Kazar's lead because he seems to have a plan, unlike the two of them. Or the three of them. It's it's Cyclops, Iceman, and Beast. Yeah, and this is where things get so awesome. Yeah, um, I agree. K- 
Kesar is, um, you know, hatching out a plan to Zabu. Zabu's listening. I love Zabu here. He's like a little cat. And um, they, you know, they're like, look, he's giving them instructions. Uh, and Beast goes off and he's like, okay, I'm going to go look on my own and see what's up. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. He's like, hey, I'm going to actually just do my own thing. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that works out for him. Kazar sends Zabu off, and there's part the swamp men are like up on the top of the top of the pillars, and they can see that uh, that people are trying to break in, so they're gonna start to start to attack them. So we take a break from that. We get back to Jean Grey and and Angel, and they're still doing the same thing. Angel's using her telekinesis to try to throw rocks at the dinosaur and angel's like that's literally not helping you (laughs) you need to concentrate on my ropes um you can't stop him by throwing boulders and i just thought that was hilarious but she's still just in so much fear she says i can't even can't even turn my head for a second which is valid because it turns into her going look if i can just knock this uh dinosaur off of its feet mm-hmm. and gain and you know leverage that moment and what she does she then turns around boom frees angel immediately she just wanted to have some you know a safety net in this situation yeah and you know i think it's really noble here she she frees angel and says there now hurry fly and warn the others tell them of the danger mm-hmm. here so not take me with you but you go, and I thought that was like really that is a hero, right? Like she's saying, "I'll stay behind, you go." But Angel, also being a hero, says, no "I'm gonna do that, but not without you." Right. And takes and takes um, her with him. But you know, it's an interesting conversation they have here because she's like, "No, no, no you're too weak. Your wings are cramped for being tied so long." And he says, I've got to try. I can't leave you behind. It just shows like that heroism. It's you know, between all of them. It's mad logical. Like yeah. there are so many logical moments in this comic that it's just like, oh, well, yeah, his wings would be cramped. Yeah. I think it's really easy to look at an issue from the 60s and and excuse it for having those logical gaps and, you know, the big jumps between logic. Precisely. But I think it's often we're we're surprised by how logical these issues are. Right. Um, which is a great surprise. I I love when it, there are moments like that where you're right. His wings would be yeah. cramped. But unfortunately, he's not able to get enough altitude. And the swamp men jump and grab onto his legs. And they were looking fierce in that panel alone. Yeah, they were. Look at this guy on the right side. This is page uh, 16. It's like the second to last panel. He's he's looking gnarly. Again, he's that screaming. comment you talked about with the having a poster of a lot of these panels. Mm-hmm. This comic is really doing that for me. This, yeah. This issue. Yeah, I agree. But, then we kind of cut to cut back again to just Beast by himself. Remember, he went and did his own thing. Yeah, he's scaling the mountain. Oh, I'm sorry, the compound, and they're tossing rocks at him. And he's just like, "I gotta avoid. I gotta get around." And he does, and he gets to the top, 
And, you know, he kind of makes a little snarky comment. Stand aside, gentlemen. It would not behoove you to make me, well, just don't make me lose my temper. Right. I did <laughs> love it. I did love it. Um, also, even following following up with that statement, he says, Personally, I've always believed that violence is the last refuge of the incompetent. He's basically saying, like, violence is is usually what people resort to when they're not smart enough to offer other means to solutions. Yeah, you, you know, can't so converse with me and come to a, a standing, which obviously you cannot. They are yeah swamp individuals, right? Yeah. Um, and then we cut down. So he's up on the top of the uh, the structure, and we cut down to Cyclops and Kazar and K- Kazar. Did I it's, mess that up the whole this I, whole thing? It's I don't know. Kazar. I don't even remember. It's I Kazar. Remember, I saw the pronunciation. I was just like Kazar. 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 No, I don't, you were saying Kazar. Okay, cool. I'm like, do I have to start over? No. Dude. <laughs> we either re-record this whole thing. <laughs> no way. No chance. I'm gonna go th- go through when I edit, and I'm just gonna Kazar, and I'm just gonna add that <laughs> like it's ad lived on. Exactly. So we find Kazar running around the. Um, so he's, I don't even know, really Cyclops is saying, oh, I'll just blast through this with my power beam. I think that's what they've been calling it. Power beam. Yeah. Not optic blast. I think they've been calling it power beam. Okay. That's like the name of it. Now. That's fair. I like that. Um, <laughs> Kazar. And, and Kazar is like your eyes magic, which is, I guess his first time seeing the, um, power beam. That's yeah. Yeah, I almost called it Optic Blast right now. I would do. I would do. <laughs> um, they blast through the gate, and a weapon flies at them. This kind of confused me. Dude, this weapon looks insane. <laughs> it's, it has, it's like four different weapons in one. It's like a, it's it's like a a, a, a mace with a sword jettisoned out of it. That is being launched like a missile. It's shaped like a yeah, missile. Yeah, this, this looks like a missile. Yeah, no, this this is insane. Being attacked by this thing, if you oh. were at this point, wow. <laughs> Good no, luck. Yeah, this thing too, bro. The next <laughs> panel. <laughs> what is this, bro? It's Kazar calls calls the power beam your magic. Too weak. Only Kazar is Lord of Jungle. So very good. And even Cyclops is like, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he's got his roar. Don't worry. This is crazy. Like, imagine asking somebody what they're going to do. Right. And they just start screaming. Yep. <laughs> but then this giant herd of charging mastodons show up. Can we stop? Yeah, yeah. I thought a mastodon was that giant shark thing. No, that's megalodon. Megalodon. Oh, yeah. my God, bro. I was just like. Are they getting this wrong? A mast? I bet. No worries. We're the, good. Truly, the reason I know what Mastodons are is because Power Rangers. The Black Ranger is Mastodon. Okay. And then also the Yellow Ranger is Sabertooth Tiger. Okay. So, huh, look at that. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> not, not the Not, not Megalodons. The he said strength of a Mastodon earlier, and I was just like, what? Yeah. Um, uh, are you right? But yeah, he summons this herd of mastodons. Well, we got one, two, three, four, five, six. Six mastodons. Looking beasts that 
charge right through the ca- compound and pro- truly puts a name to this king of the jungle thing, right? Yeah. And then so now the walls are all broken down. Cyclops is like, all right, we got to go find Marvel Girl. Kazar saying, uh, Kazar's had enough of of these swamp men. You could tell that there's something going on between, like, they they they've argued enough. Yeah. And Kazar is just using this to his to his benefit of having these other magic people. Yeah. You know, show up, and so now they're attacking. Um, and then this page is great. They the text box that shows uh you know it's like stanley talking it says no mere words of ours can do justice to the fury of kazar's attack so we'll attempt no such written description and it's just a full splash page of them fighting just going to you work. got you got kazar like swinging some dude around iceman's got like four or five guys in a ice it's like a snowball and it's just crazy a crazy fight scene here. Um, looks I, good though. I totally skimmed over that text box. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah. And I think that's pretty funny that they're just like as as writers, they're just like, nah, you can you can look look and see what's going on. Yeah. And that's awesome. Well, I think I think it's fair to uh have skipped some text box because usually these yellow boxes mean next to nothing. Right. Um they're usually just double reciting what is happening on the page that you're watching and yeah so now we go to the next panel where we have both gene gray and angel being quite surprised they are like look it's a saber two tiger and uh angel's they, like i'm sorry i'm trying to think were they both neither of them have met kazar right no no, yeah, I was I was kind of confused because I was like, don't they know who like the saber tooth tiger is? But no, you're right. Angel took off to to explore, and and Jean Grey got knocked out with the gas before Kazar and Zabu showed up. And on top of that, we never see them land at any point. So there was like a little little hmm. strange buffer between the last time we see Jean Grey and Angel and now. But mm-hmm. there's no real worry to it because they are saved by, you know, Zabu chasing off these guys. Yeah. But and then it, we see uh, Cyclops and Iceman show up and they find Angel and Jean Grey. And Cyclops is worried about Jean. He's like, oh, you're all right. Thank the heavens. And Jean Grey kind of gets a little bit of a hint of it. Like, wait, do I detect another note in his voice of concern? That's not the normal concern of a leader. And she's like, that's something I've been longing to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and then Angel. Angel's like, oh, what? no, no don't, don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. I'm, I'm good. I'm good over here. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm all right. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, Cyclops uses his, his eye blast power beam is what they're calling it uh, to take to take the rope around around Jean Grey's hands off um and she asks him like how did you find us and he's like oh yeah we could thank Kazar and she's like who Kazar <laughs> and uh I don't know how yeah this, this is different how did the beast get up here he's like on this giant pole 
and he's shouting down to the down to the ground like can someone please get me off of this and angel goes up there and even even cyclops is like bro how did you get up there very cartoon-esque and he's like yeah i don't know like literally that's the answer is i'm not sure and he, he gives a little little thing but there's no answer once I, it's pretty cool that they at least like if I want comedy, I want it in that form. Yeah, That's I, that, that like is good. Strange. That is good. Um. So, all right. Well, they beat the beat the swamp men. Now they're all hanging out. Cyclops is shaking Kazar's hand, and he says, "We came here hoping to find a true mutant, but the professor was right. There was no mutant. Instead, we found a true friend, Kazar." <laughs> this panel's lit. <laughs> yeah. I love this. And he goes, uh. And Cyclops is like, well, I mean, you you may not actually understand what I'm saying. And just Kazar is like, stop talking. You go. You do not return. This is my world. Only I am allowed here. Please leave. Yo, Kazar. Yo. Look at this face, too. He's like, bro, I'm done with you. Yeah. I, I look, this convinced me I might need to read this. I might need to read a little bit of Kazar. You know that actually he was enjoyable. He is different, and whatever goes on in this world, this prehistoric Agartha under Antarctica world is crazy. Um, but then, but then Angel's like, "Wow, he was pretty friendly," and Cyclops says, "Yeah, it's actually kind of lucky he's not a mutant because then we'd have to bring him back to America with us," and that's like so like. I don't even know the right word, but like, would you have to? Why? Forceful. Yeah, really forceful. You, you know, know, like. No choice. That's something we've discussed before, right? Yeah. With especially their means to like, the, their brain changes up when they say, oh, mutant. Mutant. You belong with us. Yeah, and you have no choice. Very Magneto-esque in its own yeah. form. Exactly. So then uh, they leave. They exit the the world and Kazar has his mastodons crush boulders over the entrance so now no one can no one can come in i think it based on this very last panel of the issue it is possible that this was the first, first appearance time. of Kazar because they say uh, many questions still remain unanswered but And we suspect that this may not be the last we will see of Kazar and Zabu, for the future holds many mysteries which we shall unravel one by one in the months to come. So I think maybe this was like a spinoff type thing, and they okay. were like introducing the character. But it's a great spinoff, dude. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's give some credits. I kind of gave credits earlier. Um, writer is Stan Lee. Penciler is Jack Kirby, inker Sheik Stone, and letter Sam Rosen. That's a great, uh, a great group of people. Published March first, nineteen sixty-five. Wow, that's crazy. Number ten, baby. Issue ten. What'd you think of it? I thoroughly enjoyed. For this. knowing nothing about Kazar, it it was great. And presumptively, presumptively, no one else knew anything about Kazar, mm-hmm. right? If this was the first time we saw him. That's true. Uh, around the time this came out. Yeah. Um I I thoroughly enjoyed this one. This one was sick. KSR's sick. Zabu's cool. They're blood brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. We get to see who he might be fighting in, in in the comics. Yeah, do you think swamp men are the like 
the antagonists between Swamp Men and and what was it the the last the many uh, moons ago Magor yeah. the killer oh right? that's true between and probably many others right yeah as we get to see in these comics wow I you're right I do want to read this yeah this is kind of sick and I have made a, a complete 180 of how I felt prior to this to reading this issue yeah i felt kind of you know like well we'll see right and now i'm like i want to see so i agree well let's save uh i i like what we've been doing let's save the cover of next issue for next week right um you know in previous episodes we would discuss what's to come but i, I like the i like the suspense of not knowing for a week yeah gives a little energy to the very beginning of the issue yeah exactly well you could find us at uncanny rewind that's all one word both on instagram and twitter we do have an email uncanny rewind at gmail.com if you have any questions or like to uh just get in contact with us i have been michael and i'm adrice and this is uncanny rewind and we hope to see you next week peace